0: Flamingo. Flamingo. hey hey changes
1: that's a flamingo hey, of- hey hey hey, wait, wait 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 there's no music what again no what no some Sean- michelle i
2: didn't want to talk about sports because baseball makes me sad Travis.
1: it does make me sad yeah we don't want um, if we talk about sports, you know, if we talked about Razorback stuff today, we'd have to talk about Razorback baseball. I,
2: I, I'm, I'm hurting.
1: So we decided to talk about maybe one of the biggest surprises, even wow. yeah. maybe bigger than maybe bigger than PGA and Live Golf getting in bed together yeah. earlier today. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that,
1: that was shocking. That was shocking. I got to say but we have none other than buck james six-time state champion head coach five in a row at bryant just shocked the world and left bryant to go to conway high school to be a wampus cat and uh we got to interview him man uh I was I was in Camden with coach James back in the day. We'll talk about that some, but um I called him up. And he said, "Man, I'd love to come on." And so I really really appreciate him. I mean, this is a busy time for him. Man, he was on the news yesterday. You know, they were uh, Channel 4 or somebody was interviewing him up in Conway and you know, he's been on a lot of other you know, podcasts and radio shows and We're thankful he decided to stop and talk to us. And I thought it was a great conversation. I thought so. And uh, a lot of good football stuff. So uh, if you're a football fan, football coach, um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff. If you're in Conway, get to know your new coach a little better right here. For Conway, You know,
2: Travis, we missed the chance to tell him that we were we're Paul Feinbaum's favorite podcast.
1: Oh, we did forget to tell him that. Oh, well, I'll text him.
2: yeah, text him because that's a pretty big flag. <laughs> <That's right.
1: laughs> he didn't know Try how to cool.
2: enjoy it. Like, share, subscribe. Available everywhere. get right. your Podcast.
1: Share it with folks. Subscribe. Uh, click like on YouTube and all that stuff helps everything. Leave some reviews, comments, and now, Buck James.
0: One, two,
1: three, ever seen a lame man walk? Never heard a dumb man talk? Never seen a blind man see? I promise you it changes you ever seen a cancelled death? Ever seen all the poor get fed?
2: Ever seen a prisoner set free? I promise you it changes
0: Hey,
1: everybody! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, hold Once up. Again. Stop. Stop. What? what? Stop. What? Uh, I'm Clint. <laughs> hey, Clint. yeah. I, uh, anyway, that's enough out of you, buddy. Uh, welcome to the Big C, Bigger T podcast. I'm Bigger T, Travis Johnson. That was Clint. We don't care much about him because we got a guest today. And Clint, we have Coaching Royalty. With us, we we do. We got future Arkansas coaching hall of famer. I guess there's a place for that. I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be somewhere for that. Yeah, okay. Somewhere.
2: No, don't now, make it.
1: Now count it six time state champion,
0: right, coach? Six. That's correct. And one's assistant coach and one is a player. So I've been blessed uh, many times uh, as a football player, coach, and uh, assistant coach. Man, he's got just awards for days that's right he got five in
1: a row in Bryant setting all kinds of records and then if that's not enough he goes and gets his name out in all the state media is because he decides I've done something good here at Bryant now I'm going to go up to Conway and build a, a monster up there coach Buck James thanks for joining us today man how you doing
0: I'm doing great, Travis. I appreciate you and Clint having me on the show. This is uh, exciting for me. I, you know, I hadn't seen you in a long time, but you were uh, always a great supporter for me when I was at uh, Camden Fairview and uh, the thing you did for the kids and, uh, you know, the, the fourth quarter or fifth quarters and all the stuff that you did with the FCA. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pleasure being on there here and uh, doing the podcast with you. Well, Coach, I, I
1: appreciate you doing it. And man, i those were some great days having you down there in Camden. And uh, I got to be at the, you know, a lot of times in the front seat, there watching some great football and watching you build a program there. And then I've enjoyed it as you've done it at Bryant. And now, you know, Clinton, I grew up in Greenbrier and uh, I actually moved to Camden from Conway. So we're kind of, you know, we, that's kind of our old stomping grounds up and we used to cruise the cruise strip in Conway. So, we're excited to see what happens up there for you. Uh, Tell us about the move. You know, we're we're going to talk a little bit more about just your past and how you got to where you're at and everything like that. But kind of the big deal right now is, you know, what, what, what made you decide to, to up and move up uh, the freeway, a little ways to another part of central
0: Arkansas? I think it was a challenge. You know, I think uh, Conway has a great program and, You know, they've been really close, and they have uh, uh, some really talented players. They've had great coaches. You know, uh, what Kenny Smith's done, Mm -hmm. what uh, Clint Ashcraft's done, and uh, what Coach Fimple's done there is, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, they've built a really rock-solid program. Uh, Really nothing against Bryant. Bryant has, uh, you know, been tremendous for me. The kids have been outstanding. The parents have let us coach them. Uh, you know, we've had a great success and really have some uh, uh, really unsung heroes and some assistant coaches. Those guys just do a great job. And, uh, you know, that's the hard thing is leaving the kids and the, and the coaches behind and, yeah. you know, taking a, uh, uh, another step in, in your career. At the end of the day, it's a job. And, but, you know, I wear it on my sleeve. It's something that's important to me. It's a, uh, it's a passion uh, more than a job for me. And, uh, you know, I poured my heart into it. Uh, you know, I, I want everything to be great for the kids. And, you know, I want to work with the parents. And, you know, it's, um, it's a tough move, but uh, I felt like it was an opportunity to to, to try to better myself and uh, give myself and my family a chance to uh, uh, prosper a little bit better and do some things that gives us a chance to uh, live a little differently and, and, and work in a different place and, you know, have different goals and ambitions. That's great, so man. someone
2: that lives in Faulkner County, um, I know people are really excited about having you at Conway.
0: Well, I'm excited to, to be there. You know, I've only been there one day and, you know, got to watch them uh, go through 707 and a weight workout. And it's been a uh, – it's been, a, you know, uh, like drinking water out of a fire hose, to be honest with you. It's uh, mm-hmm. It's been – uh, one thing after another, it, you know, they contacted me early. Uh, you know, it didn't work out till late, and then when it hit, and uh, we decided to do it, it it went a thousand miles an hour, and uh, it hasn't stopped. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it shocks people, you know. But uh, you know, you say it all the time. I mean, you know, uh, Nick Saban left LSU to go to Alabama. You know, a very. Uh, um Oh, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, left uh, Fort Smith's uh, Southside to go Barry to Lunny. Uh, yeah. Barry Lunny. Yeah, Barry Lunny went to from Southside to Bentonville mm-hmm. after winning a couple state championships. And, you know, it happens more often than you than it doesn't. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, sort of put myself in those guys' category. But, but, you know, I think there's just different challenges, different opportunities, and different uh, – Uh, ways to that uh, you want to see what you can do and you want to see what you can affect kids and Mm -hmm. you know I feel uh, you know that uh, I've been led there to you know for a reason and uh, hopefully it's not to learn a lesson hopefully it's to for to prosper (laughs) and our our kids do well and uh, that we can make a difference in what we're trying to do that's great coach well I I have no doubt and we'll
1: talk some more about the future in Conway a little bit later but I want to kind of get your backstory a little bit. You grew up in Pine Bluff, right? That's correct. Now, what school did you go
0: to? Um, I graduated from Jefferson Prep, uh, uh, which is like Plastic Academy back in the day. Uh, we we're very similar type school, and uh, we won the state championship in 1981. Uh, you know, I was always a Pine Bluff school uh, Pine Bluff school guy and mm. uh, uh, had a chance to go out there and uh, uh, play there and Uh, Played with some great players. I played with some guys that've been lifelong friends, and uh, we were able to win, like I said, a state championship in 1981. And uh, you know, uh, it was really sort of uh, continued on. I mean, we've had we won one in '94 when I was at Monticello, and then uh, we won one in 2012 at Camden Fairview, and then we've won the previous five state championships here at Bryant. So it's been a good run, you know. uh, You know, hopefully we can continue this run just a little bit longer. Yeah.
2: Now, speaking of Monticello, did you now? Did I hear Travis correct? Were you, in fact, a bowl weevil?
0: I was a bowl weevil, and um, I, I played there from uh 1983 through 87. Uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a great place. I, you know, I, it uh, it was a great place for me. The coaches there were very impactful for me. And, you know, I played with a, guy, a lot of guys that turned out to be great coaches. And, uh, you know, I had a great coaching staff there that really cared about the kids. And, mm. uh, you know, they say it's nothing more evil than a damn bowl evil and I, you know, nobody, <laughs> knows. nobody knows exactly what, uh, what it's like to play on a a shoestring budget and in college football you know they talk about all the money and the uh, nil deals and all that stuff (laughs) you know we ate we ate uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the way to a game and so uh it was uh it was a great experience it it made me a tough tougher guy and it gave me a chance to uh, grow as a person and um and show me that the hard work and perseverance pays off in the long run. And I learned a lot of that when I was at uh, UAM and, and playing football there.
2: Now, when, now, when you were there, did you, were you on the AIC championship team?
0: No, they won it in 79. Okay. Uh, was, the last, was the time. We, we now the thing we did do is we never finished worse than third than when I was okay. there, you know, so <laughs> I played on some pretty good teams. Uh, you know, UCA was the, the, the king of the hill and, you know they had more money more players you know they got transfers in but you know we played them a couple times and within the you know a touchdown of uh of being able to beat them and, and really a couple of them came down to who made a play and so you know it, it was a good experience it was a a very competitive league uh, you know it was a lot of high school arkansas guys and you know you got to play against guys that you heard about and read about and played yeah. against you know the whole time you were in high school. and it was just a fun uh, league, and uh, you know it was a, a really an extension of uh, Arkansas high school football. To be honest with you, yeah, no, no, and you
2: did you did play with my old coach, Coach Mullins.
0: Yeah, he was a senior when I was a freshman.
2: Then I couldn't remember when he was there. We all knew that they had won the AIC while he was there, and I thought it was his senior year, but apparently I was mistaken. My, I'm, I'm getting old, Coach James, so my memory ain't as good as it
0: <laughs> yeah. He uh, he he was a he was a little bit older than I was, and so I was a red shirt guy. So you know, I mean, I didn't really was grace the field with him. I was just out there when he was there, and so he was a guy that uh, is tough, hard nosed. I mean, he's a John Wayne football kind of guy. I mean, he's mm-hmm. uh, you know he coached that way, but he played that way as well. And you know, Tom Farmer was on that team, who's up here in the uh, mayor of Benton and. Uh, you know, he uh, was a long-time coach at Bryant, but that was a, 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 a team full of uh, really hard-nosed, tough guys. Yeah. Well, you know, now you. Not many people I'm scared of, but. Steve Mullins is on that list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand that.
1: Yeah, I was afraid when we had him on the podcast that Clint was going to have to go run sprints or something. <laughs> he, he was ready for Mullins just to tell him to take off, I think. Yeah, if the man
2: says ready, ready and blows a whistle, I'm I'm taking off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, you, uh, you got your start. At, uh, you were assistant coach for, was it 14 years?
0: Yeah, well, 12 years. 12 uh, years. I was twelve years at uh, at Monsel, then I was two two years assistant at uh, Little Rock Christian. So I was assistant coach for fourteen years. But okay. I was uh, worked for Johnny McMurray, uh, and probably you know he's a ho- he is a Hall of Fame uh, high school mm. football coach. He was inducted a few years ago, I think in twenty fourteen. But uh, you know the guy was ahead of his time. He was a, a visionary. He was an unbelievable weight room guy. Mm. He was a developer of young men. He made. Uh, he made kids tough. He, he they got them play hard. They were he had great discipline. He taught great discipline, and you know I've really sort of molded my career after you know his lead in a lot of ways. And yeah. you know, Carl Preston and uh, Tommy Barnes and uh, Larry Stanley at UAM, you know they were tough guys, and mm-hmm. you know I, I learned a lot of football from uh, you know uh, as a, a older uh, teenager or young adult. Uh, from uh, those men who really uh, set the platform uh, of really a winning chemistry of what it takes to be uh, a coach that really cares about their kids and, but will push them to the point of uh, 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 whatever it takes to be successful and mm-hmm. uh, on and off the field. And, you know, we, we, we win some battles on that, we lose some battles on that, but, you know, we think that kids are better after they play, they're tougher. Uh, they make good husbands. They make good fathers. They, uh, uh, they're they good workers in their business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's our ultimate goal sure. is trying yeah. to make kids be better than they think they can be.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, from there, you went to – was Star City your first head coaching job?
0: Yeah, Star City was my first head coaching job. And that was a lot very similar to this job. But I took it in about the same time of the year. It was in June. Mm. Uh, when i took the job and um you know it was uh, the the adjustment to going from being assistant coach to being the head coach was uh uh again like drinking water out of a fire hose but uh you know the first year was our worst year we went six and four and then uh the next uh uh four years we uh, we went we won ten games or better and uh, you know i think uh, i i learned a lot you know in that in that era and you know mm. that was different kind of football and uh, you know, uh, you, where you had to play guys both ways, and you had to, uh, you really had guys that uh, uh, were, were great athletes, and you had guys who weren't great athletes, but were good football players. And, you know, the development, the strength in the weight room, and all that stuff sort of set the groundwork for really uh, my future success uh, in what I've been trying to do because those guys were willing to buy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what we were doing and it gave me a, ch- a chance to understand that hey this really does work even from my perspective even being from assistant coach and what what I've learned in uh, previous years of being a player and an assistant coach and you know the rest is history really I mean mm-hmm. it, I've been coaching almost it was my 35th year and mm-hmm. so um, it's been a it's been a long process, but I still feel like I'm a 29 year old guy. You know, <laughs> I, I still relate to the kids, and I still like to do those things. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's an opportunity for me to try to uh, uh, grow my grow my uh, vision and uh, get better at what I do and be relevant. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of merit to what Tom Landry and Don Shula and guys like that did in their area because they were able to win, you know, decade after decade after decade. Sure. And what they were do, able to do was adapt to what the kids and what the game was doing. And, you know, uh, Coach McMurray, you say all the time, dinosaurs died because they couldn't evolve. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the great coaches that, that, that uh, prove the test of time, I think, are guys who can evolve. And I think that's what I've learned. Uh, in those those early years of uh, of uh, my coaching experiences, to help me later on was to to be able to change, to be able to do things it takes to be successful down the road.
1: Well, and 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 that's a great point, and I and I kind of want to talk about that for a minute because um, at Star City, what kind of offense did you run?
0: We were split back veer, uh, you know, uh, and I was blessed to have man. I had two really good quarterbacks. I had a guy named John Forno and Andy Eklund. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talented, talented guys. And uh, uh, both of them started as sophomores, so they got me, you know, all the way through it, really. But uh, uh, we're guys that were very talented. But we had big running backs. We had a big old offensive line. Uh, we had guys on defense that just did what they were supposed to do and played their guts out. And, you know, we had success. And, you know, uh, that's how much we evolved is, you know, we started out, in, in the split-back veer, and, you know, we've gone to the spread. I've been in eye, I've been in the wishbone, I've been in dead tea. Uh, You know, mm. we've been in, uh, you know, 11 personnel, 12 personnel. We've been in 22 yeah. personnel. We've done it all. So, you know, uh, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about Don Shula Tommy La- Tom yeah. Landry, those guys, is that you have to evolve. I remember uh, uh, when they had uh, Danny White and Roger Stahl back there in the split-back uh, set you Know, but they didn't run the beer, they threw the football and ran the power game, and that's really what Tony Dorsett we did while he was there was he he was the, the rusher he was. I was out of the split back beer set, so yeah, it was a good offense, it's sort of gone away a little bit. But yeah. the way the RPOs are now, and you read tackles and you read linebackers, all that came from the split back beer. You know, the yeah. RPO now is the same thing as reading the defensive end, and it's reading yeah. the linebacker, or reading the corner, or safety, and so. You know, I I really cut my teeth on the offense that gave me vision to be able to do uh, what we're doing today.
1: Well, and and that's one of the things, Coach, I wanted to bring up is, you know, what I've seen from you, uh, because when you came to Camden after Star City, you know, the people in Camden wanted a spread offense. And and I think you saw that a spread offense would have worked there. They were used to running a, you know, run heavy option. Uh, Coach Glover had, had ran, you know, just three yards in a cloud of dust mostly. Um, but you had you had brought in and and that's the thing, you haven't really you're not known as a coach about I run this particular offense like some coaches are, or this particular defense necessarily. You're not what you've done is built it from the weight room and practicing hard, working hard. And that's your that's your foundation. Whereas I think a lot of coaches come in and they say, well, I have this, you know, uh, this offensive philosophy and I'm going to build on – that's going to be my foundation. Would you say that's accurate the way I'm saying that?
0: Well, yeah, I think so. It ain't what you do is how you do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, being successful, there's a lot of ways to paint that. And, you know, I think um, – you know, I followed Marion Glover, and, and he, you know, that guy was a a, a tank general. I mean, he mm. was a guy that uh, was military background, and, mm. uh, you know, he was a leader of men, and he got guys to play, and he had tremendous success at Pine Bluff and, you know, won several state championships there. And following him at Camden, you know, the kids were really disciplined. Uh, you know, they wanted to run that offense he was in. They were tough. You know, and it was sort of a buy in. They didn't really want to do that at first. They wanted to stay in what they were doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, we stuck to our knitting. Uh, we, we saw the future of it. We saw what our sophomores were going to be able to do and how they were going to be able to do it. And we had Jim Youngblood and DeAnthony Curtis and uh, Corey. Um, um, I can't even think of his last name. Anyway. Um, but anyway, you're talking about receiver, yeah. um, Corey Bailey. Bailey, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know we had we had Troy Sharp and all those guys and we had guys who really you know uh, could stretch the field and you know uh, we saw we had I think we ended up winning uh, four games that year and I think three of the last four games we won we beat El Dorado, who was the conference champion that year and mm-hmm. uh, we came back the next year and went 10 and 0 and Uh, you know and from there it was history I mean uh, you know we got beaten a couple state championship games got beaten a couple semi games and then had a chance to win it in 2012 and you know what I what we did worked it's just it didn't work at first and you know I can say the same thing everywhere I've been I think the first year we were at Monticello we went through it the first year we went Star City we did it Mm. you know uh, then when I went to uh, uh, Camden Fairview that was our worst year and then you know, I went to Bryant and and, it, and I learned. I, I you know I, I cut my nose off, spiked my face some at those other places, and mm-hmm. you know we ended up winning nine games the first year and made it to the semifinals, and that was the first time that a Bryant team had ever been uh, past the second round or won a second wow. round game. And so we had a little bit of success. It it, uh, it 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 carried over into the next couple of years, and then. You know, we were able to get on a win streak. I mean, I think we won 53 or four games in a row. We won five state championships. Uh, You know, it's all been a process, and it's been a process Mm -hmm. at every school and how you go about the offense, how you go about the defense. We've always been a forefront team, but we play three-front defense too Mm -hmm. because sometimes you're not going to have D linemen. And, uh, you know, we just try to fit what our kids can do, and we try to do the best job we can to – uh, get them to buy into what we're doing and then try to play winning football.
1: Yeah. Now you mentioned one, one of the names you mentioned, I, of course, you know, you and I's paths crossed in Camden and uh, one of the players that I enjoyed watching and everybody enjoyed watching was the uh, Anthony Curtis. How good of a high school football player was he?
0: Well, he might be one of the best high school players of all time. If he would have been in central Arkansas, there's no telling what, what kind of fanfare he had, but, you know, the thing I can always say about Anthony, I can say it to today, is he was a better person than he was a mm-hmm. player. And uh, I think that made him a rock star. I mean, you know, when we go play places, we had all those guys, Jim Youngblood, LeVon Askew, Brian Christopher, Leos mm-hmm. Porsche. You know, the list goes on and on. but it was like a rock show. I mean, uh, you know, there were people lined up at the bus when we got off the bus to go play t- other teams on the road and they just wanted to see those guys. And, yeah. you know, uh, they were a, a phenomenal group of me- young men and uh, they were very talented, but uh, they played the game the right way. You know, it's just that, you know, we had to be, be able to learn how to adjust. And I think that, you know, the big thing is we get down into a big game and, You know, I had to learn that situation, too. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. it it ain't how you do it. It's how you finish it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, uh, you know, we got down to a couple times we got beat. Uh, We actually scored more touchdowns than the team that beat us because we never had a kicker. You know, we we, we, had a hard time with extra points and field goals and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes you play the hand that you're dealt, and, you know, sometimes you get a good hand, you get beat anyway. And But those guys were – Instrumental, you know, the buy-in that they had as sophomores and what, what what they had to do to get to where they were set the table really for the the next uh, seven or eight seven to ten years, and yeah, it was a, it was a heck of a run. I, you know, people up in this part of the state now don't remember all that, yeah. but down in Camden and down in that area, they'll never forget the run that we had and what those guys were able to do for a community, a school, yeah. uh, and, and a football team. It was unreal. Well, I, I, you I have a to this day that the Anthony Curtis is the best high school
2: football player he's ever seen in person.
1: Yeah. He's, you know, and I, and I watched, you know, I was in Conway when Peyton Hillis was in high school.
0: Yeah.
1: I was managing a sporting goods store there. And, and so I was at Conway games all the time. Um, I was, you got to see Cedric Cobbs play in high school quite a bit. Um, got to see, you know, some other good ones here and there. You know, I, you know, especially when I lived in Conway, I'd go to, the state finals a little more and stuff like that. But, you know, of course I didn't, I never saw him like Madre Hill live, you know, Basile Shabazz, some of those guys, but the Anthony man, I mean, just know that you couldn't kick to him. He could catch the ball out of the field, you know, I mean, out of the backfield or wherever you put him. Uh, I think there was one game against Magnolia uh, that he, he ran for a touchdown, returned one for a touchdown threw for a, extra point for a two-point conversion um like pretty much did everything all in one game and you know and i i told a lot of people when he was going to arkansas i said watch this guy i'm telling you and uh, of course things didn't you know like a lot of college guys sometimes things don't work out but um and like you said great guy i I never you know as a youth pastor i could always tell uh because i would hear kids talking about some other players you know and so sometimes i could see especially guys that were really good athletes a lot of times you know they would talk about how full of themselves they were or something like that i never heard that about D'Anthony. he never he never well, there were several of those guys i never heard that about you know they were they were you know they were, had pretty good heads heads on their shoulders and came from some good families and things like that um now one of the things coach i wanted to mention um you had something come up, you know, that no coach would ever want to deal with in, in uh Camden with uh, a young man named Kyrie Neal. Uh tell a little bit about uh his story.
0: Well, Kyrie was a a, a guy that played for us. It was uh he had incredible size. I mean, he was six four, six five, uh 275 pound ninth grader. And uh, if you remember correctly, you know, he played for us in the state championship game as a ninth grader. And, mm-hmm. you know, a guy probably that was going to be a can't miss big time college football player had professional size. I think he wore a size 23 shoe and uh, he contracted staff uh, through a bruise in his back. And, you know, we don't know where it happened or whatever, but, uh, carry, um, uh, uh, suffered uh, you know the same staff that we have in our nose and everything I mean it's just as uh, common as it can be and uh, it tacked his uh, uh, spinal cord and went up into his brain stem and he had uh, a bunch of uh, seizures and strokes and uh, uh, Kyrie was paralyzed from the neck down uh, from that time on and never played it uh, down in his 10th grade year and our football team and our community surrounded uh, Kyrie and, at that time and his family and uh, did everything in their power to try to help, uh, hit, you know, mm-hmm. them through that tough time. And Kyrie, uh, you know, when we were seniors, I mean, uh, well, back up a little bit, when uh, Kyrie was a, a sophomore junior, you know, uh, he comes down on the field and we're up pretty good in, uh, in the state championship game and less than a few minutes left to go in the game. And uh, Kyrie comes down and I think it almost paralyzed our kids, you know. I mean, they just wanted to do so much for him and celebrate mm-hmm. Understanding, you know, the the all the emotional uh, things that they went through, and mm-hmm. we end up losing the game, and um, you know, it was uh, devastating. We like to never even got the kids back into the dressing room, and you know, they we learned a lot of life lessons. And then uh, when Kyrie senior year, you know, we got the chance to win a state championship, and he was a big part of it, and able to come down on the field with us, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we they paid homage to him all the time uh, you know when they came out of the, the tunnel they would point toward this press box and you know they played the whole game for Kyrie you know they didn't let it get mm-hmm. away we were down at halftime if you remember and you know the guys fought back and uh, you know ended up beating a really good Batesville football team and yeah. uh, being down at halftime and you know it just a, a very emotional win but uh you know, a guy that impacted a community, uh, you know, a guy that's life was cut short to, at a way too young of an age and yep. had so much potential. And, you know, I I've never gone a season without thinking about what Carrie meant to me and his family and what, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he meant to our football program and what he meant to me as a person. And, you know, he never had a bad day. He always smiled. He always uh, was fighting and doing what he had to do. And, uh, you know, a, tra- a tragic moment, tragic uh, part of time in my life and coaching career. And it was very difficult to uh, overcome. But, um, you know, Kyrie lives on in my heart. And, and mm-hmm. I'm sure all those guys that played in at that era and, uh, you know, he was a, a very special young man. And it tells you life is short and it's not always fair. And it's something that, you have to do to – you know, you have to fight through the tough times to make it to the good times. And sure. Kyrie's, in, you know, in a good place right now, and he's smiling down at all the guys that are doing what they do and doing how they do it. And, um, you know, that's what makes this world go around.
1: Yeah. Well, i tell you, I'll I think Coach, and you talked about the community, but um, you did a great job of rallying the community also. And you and your wife, Jennifer – uh served him and his family well during that time uh helped him get a house helped him get a van helped him get generators and helped him with a lot more than that i know but that was just the things that i knew about um you know we got the and you kept him uh you know you would have the jersey on the sideline all the years he would be in, in school you know i think you had that you know number 96 there on the that would be hanging up on the sideline there by the benches and um, you know, it was a, I'll tell you, it was a special moment when y'all won that championship in 2012, and all the players went to go shake Batesville's hand and they, and then they circled back around and, um, uh, they, uh, you know, all gathered around Kyrie. Well, you know, of course, I was there watching that and cheering and everything, and it was just an emotional time. I don't think there was a dry eye in the house, but I remember, uh, going and, uh, driving home that night. The game was on the radio. They delayed the game on the radio because Arkansas basketball played uh during the time y'all were actually playing the game. So like the buzz didn't do it live. They did it later. And I remember uh Trey Shapp and uh whoever was Bob White or whoever was helping him uh call the game when they saw as they're calling it, they were they saw the players go around Kyrie and they just shut up they were they were balling too they just couldn't take it and that was just a special time to not only win that championship but to win it in what would have been his senior year um and i got to go you know i got to bring him to the home games with the church van church bus All we right. had that big old uh monstrosity of a bus we had but uh i'd always rag him because he was a portland trailblazer fan I said, man <laughs> Why do you like the trailblazers? <laughs> but no, nah, he was in but uh anyway, that was a um that was a tough time. But like you said, I think those kids learned so many good lessons there. Now you, you left Camden and um went up to work at Little Rock Christian and kind of took a step back and as an assistant coach for a couple years. Tell us about what those years what are some things you learned during that time as you went from being the head guy back to being an assistant for a couple of years had a great program up there and had some some good years there. Um, what what are some you know how did that time affect you?
0: Well, it was uh, you know sometimes in life you got to take a step backwards to go forward and mm-hmm. uh, you know that was a time in my life that I probably needed that. and uh, Johnny Watson, who's an old Camden guy, uh, was the athletic director up there, and, um, you know, he, he graciously uh, hired me as an assistant coach and assistant athletic director, and Jeff Weaver was the head football coach, and, you know, they let me install what we do in the, off, in the, in the off-season program and the weight program, and, so mm. you know, they went from, you know, a, a three and seven team or four and six team to we won six games the first year, and then you know, we went 12 and one the second year and, you know, it was, uh, it was a great experience. And, you know, um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I don't believe I could have had the success at Brian that I had if I hadn't gone to Little Rock Christian, you know, it gave me a, a different perspective a little bit, uh, mm. you, know, you know, the type of kids and uh, what you want to be able to accomplish and how you want to be able to accomplish it. It gave me a chance to look and see how other people do it and, Uh, you know, gave me a chance to reflect on what I could have done or should have done or would have done. You know, uh, there's not a lot of pressure on the assistant coach like there is a head coach. And, you know, the thing I wanted to do is I wanted to do the best job I could for him because, you know, I felt like I was in charge of helping his career and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want to let him down. And uh, so it gave me a different perspective on what, you know, how I viewed the game of football. And, uh, it was a it was a great learning experience, and I and I and I don't believe I would have ever got this job at at, at Bryant if it hadn't have been for that experience. So, it was uh, one of the best things I ever did. It shows that you can you you don't have to go forward all the time to be successful. You can mm-hmm. take you know, side steps, or you can go backwards, and you know you can do things that will give you a chance to have success later on down the road. And uh, that's what Little Rock Christian was able to do. They were good to me and my family. You know, I enjoyed those kids. They were a lot of fun to coach, and you know, it was uh, it was a good time. Yeah, that's
2: so a. Good. What was, uh, so what was more difficult for you to go from being a head from the assistant to going to head coach, or being a head coach going to an assistant?
0: I think it was uh, being an assistant going to be a head coach. I think you know, when I went to Star City, was I knew the big picture when I went to Laroche Christian. I knew what he needed, what he wanted. I knew what, what it was like to sit in his chair. And, you know, I could reflect on what I would do if I was him. And, uh, you know, I'd been there long enough to, to know uh, exactly what the head coach needs, even when he don't say it. And so right. I think it was a lot tougher when I was assistant coach and then went to be my first head coaching job than it was to be the assistant after being a head coach for so long. Did yeah. you have a welcome to head coaching moment when you were there? Uh, you know, probably not. I, I, you know, I, I knew my role, you know, and and, and I didn't, um, I didn't try to, I didn't try to, you know, do anything, but, you know, stay in the background, do my job, do it the best I can. Uh, you know, and, and coach Weaver was really good to me. I mean, he gave me a lot of flexibility. You know, I coached the offensive line and, you know, I don't think there's anything more fun than coaching offensive linemen, but, (laughs) uh, uh, they, uh, uh, you know those kids really responded. We had some guys that were some real overachievers and uh, played really hard and and uh, weren't uh, uh, big old strong football players. They what they were is they had big hearts and they had uh, big time uh, motivation and to play and be as as good as they could possibly be.
1: Yeah. Now, of course, from Little Rock Christian, you go to Bryant, and um, I guess was it your second year? Y'all won the state championship or third third okay um and uh i'll tell you what one of i I think i told you a little bit about this but uh i had a cousin that i got a cousin that lives up there and and, uh we were at christmas get together and him his daughter was uh i think she was just going into high school at the time or something and uh they were asking me about you about the time that they hired you and uh i said well look here's what i can tell you I said, uh, I said, Bryant will win a championship within three years. And I said, and also you're going to start noticing all your football players are going to start looking like men. <laughs> I said, you're going, I said, that's one of the things I noticed in Camden. I said, he like the weight room and the way you're dedicated to the weight room and, and the way you preach that to your guys, they're going to start looking different. And, uh, you know, the next year we were getting together at Christmas, they were like, man, all these players look different. (laughs) And his daughter was like, all my friends that are football players, they all got muscles now, (laughs) even the scrawny ones. (laughs) So, um, and you had a, you know, of course you won that one, your third year and then, you know, five in a row, um, Talk about some of those, uh, salt bowl games. What was that like coaching in that?
0: Well, it's, ever- it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think the first year, I think there was a little over 30,000. And I think the second or third year we broke the record of, uh, attendance for high school football game. And, uh, you know, around 38 or 39,000 people, but it it was a, it was big. It was bigger than a state championship game. Far as the week goes, the press conferences, everything mm-hmm. that goes along with that. And mm-hmm. it had a lot of hype with it, uh, you know, but I think more than anything, it, uh, it, it gave you a chance to uh, prepare in the off season. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. if you know your first game is going to be in, th- in front of 30,000 people plus, oh, uh, yeah. it's going to motivate you to get ready. And, I think that's what it's done for our football team more so than anything. But, you know, uh, the thing that we had to learn here at Bryant is, you know, North Little Rock was really good when I got here. And I mean, mm-hmm. they beat the brakes off of us uh, about four, four times, I think, four or five times. And, um, you know, and then we finally beat them in a state championship game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got better every time. I mean, the first two times we played them, they beat us the inch of our life. And, you know, made us like it, and ran the score up, and everything that they could do to beat us. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as we, we as we grew, you know, our kids kept chopping, you know, they kept chopping the wood, and and uh, you know, that was a huge moment when uh, we were able to beat them in the state championship game because we hadn't been close in years. And so, you know, it it, it taught it taught our kids perseverance, hard work, uh, mm-hmm. dedication to what you're doing. Uh, gives you a chance to be successful, and you know I think those are things that you know that I can take away from Brian is that uh, the kids never gave up, they never quit fighting, they never quit trying to get better, they worked their tails off, uh, and and they won. You know they won in big games, they they showed up in big games, they played really well in big games. Uh, you know I always say big time players make big time plays in big time mm-hmm. games. And, you know, that's the difference in championships and guys who win a lot of games and Mm -hmm. uh, champions find a way to get it done. And if you look over the history of football or whether it's in high school, college or pro uh, you know, there's guys that are willing to do what nobody else is willing to do to do what they got to do to get it done. And I think that's what uh, you know, these kids did here. And uh, you know, I, like I said, there's a lot of coaches that are involved in this assistant coaches and, you know, a lot of parents that let us coach the kids. I, I can't say that enough. It's everywhere I've been, the parents who let us coach their kids. I know sometimes they go home and shake their heads and go, this guy's the craziest thing I've ever met in my life. I can't <laughs> believe it. this is happening like this. And, you know, they get upset or mad or whatever. But, you know, my motto's always been sort of be comfortable being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, try to be the best. We talked about two twelve, and, you know, what the difference in, you know, uh, Winning the 400 and, uh, in or the 100 or 400 and Olympic me- uh, medals or Olympic games, uh, the difference in a gold medal and no medal at all is less than a second.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you know, this extra inch of uh, effort, it's the extra degree of uh, effort, it's the extra uh, effort that you give every single day in your practices and your eating habits, your hydration habits, everything that you do, practice or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the extra degree of effort that gives you a chance to be successful. And that's what we preach to our kids. But our kids have got to buy into it for it to work. And that's what they did.
1: Now, and you just mentioned it, but explain, um, you know, you've carried the mantra with you, the, you know, the theme, I guess, the motivation deal, 212, 212 degrees. Explain what that means.
0: Well, that's when water boils, you know. And uh, you know, I mean, I guess I grew up my whole life, and I knew water boil, but I didn't know what the temperature was. But mm. you know, at two hundred and ten or eleven degrees, water's hot, and at two hundred and twelve degrees, water boils. And when you can boil water, you can produce steam, and steam can produce a locomotive, an engine, or anything else, and can propel it. And you know, I think it's 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 a metaphor, giving kids a, a opportunity to say, "This is, you know, I can be trying," but am I trying it at the extra degree of level that it takes to be successful? And, you know, I didn't make it up, but, you know, I sort of borrowed it from a, you know, a guy was at a a coach's clinic and at a Walmart business meeting and I ran into it. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's something that, uh, you know, resonated with me and gives me a chance to, to, to understand what it takes to be, you know, a, a ball player, what it takes in life and, you know, if, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. You know, and the game of football right. is after attack. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's harder to play now than it ever has. And there's a lot of people that try to, you know, kill the game of football through concussions or heat or whatever the case may be. But to me, it's still the ultimate team sport. And, yeah. you, you know, you can take – big, strong, good-looking guys that can run and jump and do all that stuff. But you got to have those guys who can't run and jump and, you know, won't wear a a bathing suit in public. But you've got to have all the guys it takes to be a player. It's got to be, you know, the the big ones, the little ones, the rich ones, the poor ones, the the ones who are willing to give great effort, the ones who are willing to follow and do the things it takes for your team to be successful. It, it, It attacks the whole realm of people in this world uh that uh can play it's black white rich poor the whole smear tall yeah. short you know it doesn't matter what religion they are it don't matter where they live or where their parents work or anything it matters what thing you do on that football field together and i think that's the beauty of the game and, and trying to find ways for kids to be successful and metaphors that give them a chance to understand where they're at and what they need to do i think are it's big time stuff yeah now you're a better person than me because i would have
2: I would have totally taken the credit for two twelve. Like, <laughs> I, I made
0: it up.
2: It that's was right. all me. It was all me, baby. That yeah. was me.
0: Hey, by I, the way, I'm the, I'm the right. first one to introduce it to high school football. There you go. I would have right. Right. I could right. say that. Yeah,
1: that's kind of like preachers. We, you know, we get all of our stuff from other people too. So, <laughs>
2: now Travis, now hey, when now I was thinking back, whenever he was at Camden, why didn't you try to come in and kick for him?
1: Well, because, um, I mean,
2: you tell him about your kicking. My <laughs> man here made a I, 20 yard field goal once, coach. Uh, 23,
1: 23, 23 yards. I'm 23. sorry,
0: I think See, I've heard, heard that story. You've I think I
1: was, it? yeah, I was I'm a,
2: pretty sure it's 19, but he <laughs> says it's 23. I think he's at it on four yards. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: that's good stuff.
1: <laughs> and I only made it because my coach threatened my life before I made it. <laughs>
2: Have you ever played a kicker's life before, coach? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I, I, if you ask him, probably, yeah, but
1: I don't. <laughs> Coach Buckner, uh, I think you know Bill Buckner. I, um, do. I coached he,
0: with him at Little Rock
1: Christian. Oh, there you go, yeah. Yeah. Well, he grabbed me by the face mask, and he looked me in the eye because I just kicked extra points, and I was just a punch through. But this was on the left hash mark. It's like a 23-yarder. We're playing Darnell to – uh Get our to it was at the time we were tied for conference champion, and he grabbed me by the face mask and he said, Are you gonna make it? I said, Yes, sir. He said, If you don't, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> 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 I was like, Okay, it's gotta go through, and but it just barely went through. But anyway, um, clear the
2: crossbar about that much.
1: <laughs> well, coach, uh, one of the things too that I, and me and you talked about this on the phone the other day, but I wanted to bring it up. Well, first of all, when you're going to Conway, are you um, – I know you're kind of getting there late now. Um, are you mainly keeping your coaching staff that they have in place or is there some spots you're going to fill there or does that still kind of wait and see on some of that?
0: Well, some of it is. Uh, coach Richardson, who was a receiver coach, just took the head job at Little Rock Central.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, uh,
0: I, have a re- I have a receiver or a coaching position open. And, yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, this is the first – I mean, this is the first time I've gone in somewhere and I don't have, get to take a lot of guys. And, you know, I told those guys I want them to be successful. I want to work with them. I want them to, you know, uh, adapt and me, and me adapt to what they're doing. You know, I'm willing to learn their offense, learn their defense. And I told them, you know, I might put my uh, uh, stamp on it or my, you know, a, a curvature or something mm-hmm. about it. But uh, for the most part, you know, they've been playing good football. X's and O's are what they are. You know, we just got to make good decisions. We got to know what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, and how we're going to do it, and then uh, play great defense uh, and be strong in the kicking game and uh, give our kids a chance to be successful. And, you know, and I want them to be successful. They all got families. Uh, you know, this more than a the job. They've got, you know, houses. They've got kids. They've got kids in school. Mm-hmm. Their wives have got jobs. And, you know, it's uh, it's huge for them too. And I want them to be comfortable Uh, trying to do what we do and and us work together and give us a chance to have a chance to be successful. And, uh, you know, that's really what I'm trying to do. And, and, uh, you know, I've learned a lot over the years, but I want these guys to be successful and I want them to stick, uh, you know, to the plan that what they want to do is in their career and what they've been trying to strive for and just try to make it better altogether.
1: Well, and, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring up. You've, you've done a really great job, that I've seen, and um, and I haven't watched it, b- Bryant, quite as close, of course. But I know in Camden, you did a great job of bringing in some young guys that were hungry, and that were just some great coaches. And I and and my my favorite example was Coach Burnett, who's who's uh, now the head coach at Hot Springs and turning that team around at a, you know, what a lot of people would say would have been a tough place to turn a team around and he's doing a great job there. Um, of course with the assist from Mackenzie James, your son now. Um, but, uh, you know, I remember in Camden, you know, you, you were needing a defensive coordinator. And, um, I think in that, in 2011, the, your defensive backs were kind of a weak spot. They were, you know, their teams would just kind of, you had some short corners and they'd just throw it up on them and that was kind of a tough spot for you and you ended up needing a defensive coordinator and i thought okay he's gonna go get somebody you know some you know like one of the best coordinators from you know 3a or 4a or something like that and bring them up and clint he goes and hires a guy that had been a coach for one year from gurdon who had never called the defense had he
0: Oh. No, he hadn't. He'd been a defensive back coach, and the the, the uh, head coach was the defensive coordinator. But, uh, you know, Coach Burnett, you know, speaks for itself. I mean, he changed the whole culture of our program. Uh, you know, uh, he he he's done the same thing at Hot Springs. If you mm-hmm. remember before that, the head coach at Monticello, Randy Harvey, was my defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's the head coach now. I brought Jet no with me, who was the head coach at Star City. Yep. Uh, then I brought uh, well, in, and uh, he's the head coach at West Memphis. And He was, was fresh the- out
1: of college when you got him, wasn't he?
0: All those guys were young. And, uh, you know, I really that's what I've done everywhere I've ever been. You know, is I've hired young guys that want to work and want to do it, and that's the way my staff is sort of made up here. You know, I hired Julian Jones uh, as my receiver coach. He's offense coordinator now. He played for me at Star City. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, Quad Sanders uh, was uh, never a coach to high school down in his life. And he, I hired him as my defense coordinator. And we won face five state championships with him. He got the head coaching job at Jonesboro. And then when I left, he hired him back here at Bryan as the yeah. head coach. And so his first head coaching job took me 27 years to get. And he got it. And he got it an assistant job in five years. And, yeah. you know, so I've got about you know, seven, eight guys that coach for me over the career, you know, over my career that are, were young coaches, up and comers, and they all been head coaches. And, you know, I'm as proud of that as I am anything else. I've got some really good coaches here. Uh My defensive line coach, BJ Shuler, Uh I hired him straight out of college. He had student taught at Fayetteville high school and, you know, lo and behold, he's won seven state championships in a row as a co- assistant coach. And so, mm. uh, you know, I mean, it's, Uh, you know like i said there's a lot of ways to uh uh, skin the cat but uh you Mm -hmm. know you can do it any way you want to if you're willing to work hard persevere and learn and be able to adjust and that's what we want out of our assistant coaches
1: yeah well coach uh we're excited to see what happens and uh as you head up to conway and and uh, of course you know you're going to a team there that you know they've had some success here recently like you said earlier you know they've Some coaches have done a great job up there and you're getting to walk into a program that, you know, just needs that little something extra to get over the hump. And of course one of those humps was y'all last year, you know, the last few years. So, um, you know, I one of the things you do a great job of, and I, and I want you to talk about this for a minute is you get the community involved. Um, you, You do a great job of, Of not only getting the parents but the community the businesses uh, churches and all that involved talk about how important that is uh, for the football program
0: i think it's huge i mean that's what high school football is supposed to be about you know and and living in a, a, a one horse town you know one that's got you know just one one high school in it you know gives you a chance to surround it now they've got a couple colleges there and stuff that you know people support as well but you know, I think there's, you know, there's only one Wampus cat, you know, there's uh, and, and it gives an opportunity for those guys to, uh, you know, go out in town and, and represent, you know, Conway and the school district and that community. And, you know, we want to be blue collar. We want to be tough. We want to be hard nosed. We want to mm-hmm. be fast. We want to be, you know, we want to be all those things. But like I said earlier in, in the broadcast is that, you know, I won't, parents to to allow us to coach their kids and you know without support of the parents and without support of the community you know it's hard to go out there and and, and sail that ship and um mm-hmm. we want the, the kids to, to have ownership of it we want to we want them the parents to uh you know give us an opportunity to coach them and you know make it tough but you know dust them off by their see their britches send them back out there and, and keep fighting and keep trying to do it and I think that's what uh, makes great football. High school football is, uh, you know, it's, it's still the king. I mean, it's uh, it's what communities yeah. do on Friday night, and they want to see good ball games. They want to be entertained. Uh, you know, the cheerleaders, the palm squads, the, the band, all that stuff is involved. So you get to see many facets of what's going on. You get to see what the type of community it is, and it's a great show chance to showcase who you are and what your community is, and especially when those people get there early and they stay to the end of the game and they cheer and stuff. There's not anything better than that. And, you know, that's what uh, high school athletics is still about. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we can continue that. Hopefully our parents will buy in, our community will buy in, because you can't do it without money. You can't do it without support. You know, you still got to have financing and you still got to have – you know, guys that are willing to do the job and roll their sleeves up and go to work and do the do it the right way.
2: Now, no, coach, during the football season, I'm just curious, what does a typical Saturday look like for you? Because I was I had lunch with Coach Mullins a while back and we talked about he gets offered tickets all the time. Like he's always being offered tickets and he goes, I hate doing it because I'm at home. I can watch about five games at once. Are you finding yourself watching college football? Are you breaking down the game field from the game before? Are you getting ready for the next game? What's your Saturday look like during the season?
0: Well, we, we typically give our guys off on Saturday, our coaches and our players. You know, we try to finish everything we need to do to be ready for Sunday afternoon uh, on, on Friday night. And, you know, uh, college – I mean, high school coaches want to see, you know, their kids play in college or whatever or watch college football. And uh, you know, I want them to get a chance to go to church on Sunday. And so, what we try to do is work out our, our meet between uh, time, you know, church lets out and time to go back to church. And uh, you know, our Saturdays really, I want them to spend with their families. I want the kids to go deer hunting if that's what they do, or go uh, uh, do what it is they do as a family, or just sit around and do nothing. But we typically give them a Saturday off. Uh, you know, I spend time. Uh, you know, I had a kid, a couple of kids that played college football, so i went to their games. Uh, I've go and watch guys who played for me before uh, our, our, our previous years. I go watch them on Saturday sometimes, and sometimes I just watch it just like a fan on TV. So, uh, but I really try to spend time with our family and 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 our coaches. Let them do that and just uh, try to chill out a little bit and let them let them uh, get ready for the next week.
1: Well, coach, um, like I said, we'll 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 start to kind of wrap it up here. But uh, I'm excited to see what happens in Conway. I think that's a community that's ready for somebody like you. Um, and you know, I I just think back to uh, back in Camden when you came in there, uh, I was kind of a new youth pastor there, and um, I I remember they uh, Jim Cross brought you to a pastor's meeting at Allen's restaurant. They had just hired you. And uh I was uh I was at that meeting and and me and my pastor were there and you were you got to talking and you you know you were talking a big game, you know, and I thought (laughs) I thought, okay, we'll see. And and I and you said a lot of things and you said, you know, you're gonna get the community, you wanted the community, you wanted the churches back in. You said you you would give us as ministers access to the kids and the locker room and and whatever we wanted to do that you know that we, if we wanted to come talk to the kids or tell them about something we're doing at the church or whatever, you know that that we was always open and and I thought you know and I'd I'd been around a while and I thought okay because you know I'd heard coaches tell me things like that before but then when I'd say hey can I come you know I'd get a well today's not a good day. How about you come another day or whatever? And so I kind of left that meeting thinking, okay, we'll see, you know, we'll see if he's, if he falls through on everything he said and coach, I can honestly say you fell followed through on everything you said that day. Uh, Not only that you're going to win ball games there. I mean, you talked about that of course, and how you were going to do it. And you did it exactly how you said, but also um, you gave me, all kinds of access to the, to the kids. You know, if we were doing those fifth quarters, you know, I was able to come up and announce it to the kids and invite them and, and try to get them to, you know, bring their friends and stuff like that. And, um, you know, even with that, um, around the time of the state championship, I was doing Bible studies there on, on uh, Thursdays there in the, in the locker room and, uh, you gave me access there. So, you know, I always appreciated that because, uh, yeah, I haven't got that from every other coach I've worked w- around and with. And, and of course, me being just a football guy, I enjoyed being up at the locker room and just hearing – just talking football with y'all. So, I, I was always – I've always been a wannabe coach myself, I guess, you know, and talking offenses and defenses and stuff like that. So, uh, but I just want you to know I appreciate that. And If you're in Conway and you're li- watching this and listening to it – um you may be kind of like I was saying, okay, this guy's saying a lot of the right things. Is he going to do it? I've seen him do it. Uh, he he falls through and uh, he doesn't, he's not just blowing smoke. I can guarantee you that. So I uh, appreciate you on that coach. And I know Conway, the wampus cats, by the way, do you know what a wampus cat is? Have you learned that?
0: I have. It's a six-legged cat, and two uh, four legs are for running to them or for fighting.
1: That's right. that's right. That's
0: what I'm told.
1: That's right. Mythological cat.
0: That's right. Mythological cat. It has right. six legs.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs>
2: it, was, it was trending with the kids.
1: That's right. Well, you know, <laughs> I guess so. Houston Nut, you know, was famous for saying there's there's a lot of other mascots. There's only one hog. Well, there ain't many wampus cats either. So that's
0: There's one there's one other one I think in Idaho or something like Is that. Is there really? Up the yeah. other day. But, you know, th- to go back to what you said Travis, we do the same things here uh, at uh at, at uh Bryant that we did in Camden that we hadn't changed anything. And we have some unbelievable churches and pastors, mm-hmm. new pastors that have done an incredible job and you know that we have one church that's given us fifty thousand uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the last seven years, and wow, uh, it's it's crazy. You know the support that we get from those men and and everything, and uh, you know it, it, you know football is about life lessons, and that's what we want it to be. And you know it's on the field and off the field where you learn life lessons. Yeah.
1: Well, tell why you get those peanut butter sandwiches.
0: Well, uh, you yeah, we want them to eat. You know, It is now i mean people are busy we try to have uh you know plenty of them for the kids after practice or before practice and uh you know it's a quick snack but it's you know it's got you know 10 10 to 10 grams of protein and you know we try to do chocolate milks and stuff like that and give them a chance to uh you know try to get about 30 or 40 grams of protein while they're at practice and or while they're at school and you know if they'll eat their other meals and get some of that while they're at before or after practice they get a chance to Fuel their body, and if you fuel your body and you work hard, it's going to grow and get better, and, okay. and that's what we want our kids to do and try to get as many grams of protein they can in a day because they're, they're, they're nuclear-powered. They're running 100 miles an hour, and, you know, they're burning off as fast as they can. They're not like we are as we get older, but those guys have to learn to take care of their bodies and fuel that truck and give them a chance to go out there and plow and, and work and do the things mm-hmm. it takes to be successful.
2: Have you there, had an officer of lineman try to tuck a peanut butter jelly sandwich in his
0: shoulder pads? That way, like, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, but I, I promise you, there's probably not anything <laughs> that doesn't happen. I would have thought about it. I don't
1: know
2: if I would have, I would have had the guts to try it, but I would have just seen me over there with my shoulder pads.
1: Man, I don't know if I could have drank a chocolate milk during <laughs> practice. <laughs> that would have, that'd have been rough. That been rough. All the running uh, Buckner had us doing. Well, coach, uh, yeah, and and that's a that's a great because you know teenagers by nature just don't eat a lot of protein. I mean, they're eating they're eating um, you know ramen noodles and little Debbie cakes and
0: a lot of carbs, a lot of sugar, pizza
1: and stuff like that. And so um, getting that in them is what helps them build up strong. And I can tell you, when you left Camden, the quality of the Friday morning prayer breakfast went down <laughs> man when i would go when you were there they y'all had a spread over there at manual. i guess dr rainey would do it i guess or, or whoever dr. rains rains yeah and man that was you'd have a spread you know it'd be biscuits and gravy and eggs and and bacon and sausage and everything and uh it kind of got a little you know they they i guess they just couldn't afford to do it as good after you left or something. I don't know what happened, but they was it got it. It wasn't bad, but it was still not as and not as uh not as big of a meal as before. Well, coach, man, we do appreciate you big time coming on here and um, talking to us a little bit, telling your story a little bit, and, and we, we are excited.
2: It's better than a shark poke in the the
1: chat.
2: It wasn't too rough.
1: That's right. And uh, we look forward to seeing what happens up in Conway. And um, we'll be rooting for you, uh, rooting for the Wampus Cats. Hopefully they'll um, – I'm going I'm to keep with my prediction. State championship within three years. Um, you may do it a little sooner, this one. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I know you don't want to make any predictions there, so uh, I, I can be the – Predictor.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, we're gonna give it our best try, and you know, it should be, you know, it's gonna be a great process, and you know, hopefully, uh, we can put it together and do the things it takes, and uh, you know, time will tell, and uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get a big buy-in from our kids and and our community, and and be able to roll with it.
1: That's great. Well, we're looking forward to it, Coach, and um, folks subscribe like share all those good things check us out on uh uh you know let people know about the podcast uh share it on social media all that good stuff we appreciate you uh check back with us coach thanks again have a great uh have a great evening uh clint good job all right coach stay on here we'll talk a little more after this okay
0: thanks clint sweat
2: Kingdom come Sweat, work, Filthy Dirt Harvest hurt. Kingdom come listen, listen, that's why I sweat When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no one else if I hurt Crying your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Um, Mama told me if I don't um, Ain't nothing gonna change um, These prayers breaking up hard drives So I can the of see Ain't afraid of no exit pain um, Love I gotta follow his lead That's why I swear When I work, my hands get filthy down And this dirt won't see no more
0: in your kingdom come.